What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Masters of the Cultureverse. I am Caleb Edward Edley, here with my co-host as always, Clay Stroman. How you doing, Clay? Pretty good, Caleb. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm always, always good, unless I'm not. That makes a lot of sense to me right now. Doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, I feel that. I feel that deep. Speaking of the deep. Ooh. Speaking of the deep, we are talking about the boys. We are going through every episode of season one to prepare you and ourselves for season two. This week we're talking, or today, not this week. Well, I guess it, it's this week and today. Yeah, I think they coincide pretty well. Okay. This week and today we're talking about episode four, The Female of the Species, written by Craig Rosenberg and directed by Fred Toy. Now we've got trivia fact number one right off the bat. This episode wow. is the first and only episode to be named after one of the characters, the female. In the comics, her name is the female of the species. So there we go. Okay, good to go. Now, our summary that we always love to read on a very special episode of The Boys. An hour of guts, gutter balls, airplane hijackings, madness, ghosts, and one very intriguing female. Oh, and lots of heart, both in the sentimental sense and in the gory, literal sense. That is just a barn burner of a summary right there. Right? Like, how do you do, how do you write a better summary than that? These summaries are great. I wonder who is actually in charge of writing them. Like, is it the individual writer for the episode or uh, the showrunner who runs the whole operation who writes them? What if they, what if they um, contracted Garth Ennis, the original author, just to write the summaries? That would be awesome. And I think that's going to be my headcanon. Th- that's your headcanon? I'll take it. That works for me. So I could also see it being Seth Rogen. Oh, definitely. Or Evan uh, Gold, Goldberg. Yeah. All right. Jumping into our synopsis. Billy Butcher dreams of memory spent with his late wife, Becky. In the flashback, Billy remembers a time which his wife tried to convince him to see a concert with her. They were happy and had a dog. Billy awakes from the dream, warming breakfast and watching a CCTV recording from January 24th, 2012. In the video, he watches a woman in a park. So, right off the bat, we had this ideal, or I guess this is a memory, so this was when his life was ideal. He had his wife, he was happy, he had a dog. Um, he was clean-shaven. He was. That's that's the biggest indicator that he was happy. He didn't have a beard. Mm-hmm. People yeah. with beards are never happy, right, Clay? Right, right. Clay um, has a honestly, I'm, honestly, I'm depressed right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing your face and hearing you speak to me, it, it just like uplifts me. I'm glad. And that's what I do this. Thank you. Yeah. And that's, that's what I do this for. If you ever need to talk, I'm here. Okay. Thank you, man. I really needed that. Um, so about this dog, (laughs) the dog is actually, uh, his companion in the comic book. I think I didn't put that in my trivia, but I think I saw that as I was searching. Okay. So if that's true, then the comic is instantly better than the show. Sure. There is a dog sidekick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, now I feel like there's kind of like a gaping void in the show. Yeah. You can fact check so, me if you want, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. So thanks for that, man. I'm sorry to ruin the show for you. It's okay. I'll rebound. <laughs> Butcher meets with Susan Rayner, telling her that, that he can stop the soups from getting into the military. Rayner says that she doesn't care. Billy shows Susan images of Popclaw and A-Train injecting Compound V. However, she dismisses him given the lack of a sample. Susan tells Billy that she'll reward him if he can get proof. Rayner says that she hasn't seen Translucent for a while, hinting that she knows what he did. 
Um, I forgot to write this down, but reading it made me remember. Uh, when he shows her the video of them shooting up, he's like, oh, that, she's like, that could be heroin. And I'm like, okay, but that's still illegal, right? Is that, <laughs> is that not an issue? Yeah, but, but she's, she's what, FBI, CIA? CIA. Yeah, so she's not concerned with people taking heroin. Right. She's and concerned I with... I didn't think that the heroin was the big uh, prop. Like, yeah, she's way too big to be dealing with heroin. But I thought the damage to their reputation that could be done somehow, because they're just trying to stop them from getting into the military. So you, you just sure. show that they're junkies. It doesn't matter what kind of junkies they are. You're not going to want a heroin addict in the military, right? So that's a good point. Yeah, that you was made a good point. So uh, Madam Deputy Director wasn't thinking straight. She was just trying to fucking screw one to Billy, I guess. Let's call that a plot hole. Okay, we'll call it a plot hole. Plot hole. Yep. Billy calls Popclaw, revealing that they haven't found anything, but have been watching the noodle shop for weeks. Popclaw admits that the compound V comes from somewhere in the vicinity as A-Train comes back with the noodles after every V run, which made me want Chinese food really bad, and I still haven't gotten it. I watched this uh, yesterday, and I, I still haven't gotten my Chinese food. So I, wa- I actually watched this like right before we started recording, mm-hmm. and I was eating dinner thinking to myself, why is this not Chinese food? Right. Like I was trying to like envision myself eating noodles instead, and it's just like another void in my life. All right, real quick. What's your go-to Chinese food dish? <clears throat> okay, so I'm a, I'm a big General Tso's chicken guy. Yes. That's like the only thing I ever get. And yep. I will get the chicken wings from any – because the chicken wings from a Chinese restaurant, they don't – I don't know what they're cooking it in, but it doesn't taste like chicken wings you get anywhere else, like the fried chicken you're wings. An, you're an interesting guy, Caleb. Thank you. Thank you. You go to a Chinese restaurant, you get their wings. Yes, but that's just my appetizer. The General Tso's is, is what I'm really there for. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that perfect mix of like kind of sweet and spicy. It's yeah. not too hot. Yeah. yeah, it gets the job done pretty well. I like to get white rice with it and then put the sauce on my rice as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For Big sure. I do guy. the same thing. Big sauce guy. Yeah. Yeah, General So, uh, big fan of the show. Big fan of the show. He listens to every episode. He actually he actually sends texts to me and Clay after each episode telling us what a good job we did. Salute, General. We couldn't do it without you. <laughs> Outside the noodle shop, Mother's Milk, Huey, and Frenchie catch a worker of the noodle shop, pick up a package dropped on the floor. Following the guy into the back of a supermarket, the trio find a warehouse full of boxes. At the back of the warehouse, in a barred room, they find a girl watching TV. They free the girl despite warnings from the men not to, and she handily kills most of her captors before the last puts a gun in his mouth to commit suicide. So, wow. He just, like, so this like is, I'm not even going to fuck with that. I'll out myself. Yeah. I mean, they, they had her in a cage for a reason, right? They all knew what she was capable of. They were all scared when they saw that she was about to be let free. Right. Um, and then she goes and rips through all his boys, and he just decides, yeah, I don't know why I would even try to fight this girl or continue to live. Yeah. Um, I have a little note here. Uh, right before they go in, Frenchie says, uh, don't be scared, Petit Huey, uh, a nod to the comic name of Wee Huey. Um, he says, stop calling me that. I'm like six feet tall. The actor's actually six foot one. So, yeah, the Wee Huey thing, I guess that's why they nixed it, because the actor they chose is a tall motherfucker. Um, but mm-hmm. I thought the Petit Huey thing was a nice little nod to the comics. I yeah, didn't even need sure. to look up a trivia fact for that. I just like knew that one off the top of the head. Dude, again, you're just on it today. God. I'm on it every day, Clay. That's true. You are you. Thank you. 
The Deep, in a session with his therapist, worries that he is a nobody and one of the weakest members of the Seven. His therapist, however, is able to convince him otherwise and embrace his membership with the Seven as meaningful. Trivia fact here, the deep secret identity or civilian name is Kevin. We hear his therapist call him Kevin. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he calls, He says Kevin, yada, 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 yada. Interesting. I can see him as a Kevin. He looks like a Kevin. Um, and also, like, you know, it says here he, he thinks he's one of the weakest members of the Seven. Like, he is the weakest member of the Seven. Like, For I sure. can't. Like, who could, who could he beat in a fight? Uh, nobody. Nobody. Literally nobody. If the crime's not near water, why are you even there? Right, right. And I'm pretty sure somebody says that to him at one point. I th- yeah, I think so. I think that was, um, like, episode one or two. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Either way, the deep. Um, kind of a lame little guy. <laughs> Definitely. Butcher arrives while the boys are searching the warehouse for clues. Mother's Milk finds a small syringe of Compound V. They discover that A-Train is running the V to the warehouse, and the assailants are dosing the female with it. M.M. blames Frenchie for releasing the female. Billy questions Huey's involvement with Starlight, encouraging him to go on a date with her and hack her phone. So we just get a little so, information. A little yeah, information. Huey, in this situation, Huey kind of has like put himself in a box with his tech skills. Yeah. He's been... He's been kind of shining here and there with a, a couple of these things he's pulling off. You know, the um, uh, he set up. He was the one who set up the foil on the ceiling, right? That was he his is. idea. Yeah, that was his idea. Um, yeah, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff. He he set the bug. He had um, the idea to bug Pop Claw's apartment and things like that. So now he's kind of put himself in a box where that's what they're going to use him for going forward. Right. He is the tech guy. Everybody has their role. Yeah. Frenchie's like the chemist. Uh, Huey's the tech guy, Billy's the leader, Mother's Milk, he's the muscle. Is that really just his role, though? The muscle? Because, like, Billy's a pretty badass fighter himself. Well, Billy's... He's a fighter, yeah, but Mother's Milk is definitely stronger than Billy. Sure, but what's he going to do to a soup? Put a, some C4 up his ass? Well, that wasn't Mother's Milk who did that. Oh, I th- you're asking about Mother's Milk. I thought you were asking about Billy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Mother's Milk. I don't know. We'll we'll have to, hopefully we'll find out. Okay. Stillwell discusses Translucent's death and the idea that the world should not find out about the death. Her team discuss the idea of telling the world that he is on a classified mission, which Stillwell agrees with. Meanwhile, Stillwell receives a call that a flight has been hijacked over the mid-Atlantic. She scrambles Homelander and Queen Maeve to save the plane, admitting that Congress will not deny a deal if they bring the passengers back alive. So she's she's got a little plan here to get get a get their foot in the door in that military bill she's trying to, to give out yeah using using what's about to be a, a horrible tragedy to uh kind of flip the script and and put the uh the government on its on its heels a little bit um isn't that what know, all politicians do anyway yeah, yeah absolutely 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. so i mean very accurate show the show is just uh you know it's it's a black mirror to society really it really is um we, we, we learned that that plane was over international waters, so that's why they can go, and mm-hmm. that Madeline has a, um, an inside man in, what is it, Nate? NORAD. NORAD, NORAD. yeah. Frenchie meets with Sherry. Sherry? Sherry? Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there we uh, go. Frenchie meets with Sherry uh, to stock up on weapons to use against the female. She tells Frenchie that she misses him, but hands him holophane a chemical that will be able to knock the female out. 
A-Train arrives at the warehouse behind the supermarket. However, he is surprised to find his associates being loaded into the back of ambulances in body bags. So he, he, I guess he wasn't fast enough to get there in time for that, was he? No, no, he wasn't. The fastest man alive is not fast enough. <laughs> I don't remember. Did you notice, um, was he carrying a bag of Morvi when he got there, or was he just going there to go there? Um, I don't really remember. Okay. I was just curious. Because um, if you, yeah, yeah, just curiosity. That's it. That's all I got. I can't, I can't imagine. So he, he got the V from the noodle guys, right? No, that's where he drops the V off at. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was, I couldn't remember if he actually had a bag. I feel like he was bagless, but I mean, that could just be my memory playing tricks on me. So I feel like he was bagless as well. All right. We're going to, we, you heard I it would, here first. He was bagless. Hey, I never forget a bag. Plot hole. Another. That's my plot hole horn. Plot hole. Dude, you have a button for that? That's yeah, awesome. Ready, ready. Plot hole. Plot hole. Pl- 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 plot hole. That is awesome. I need to get me one of those. <laughs> I'll send you one over. It's on Amazon. Awesome. At Seven Tower, the Deep reveals to Stillwell that he has found a mission he feels is important. Shine a light on the mistreatment of dolphins at Oceanland Theme Park. Stillwell counters that they can't renege on the Oceanland promotion deal, but is ultimately persuaded to accept. Oceanland here is obviously SeaWorld, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, in the deep, he's just so righteous about this mission. Right. This is like the most important thing happening in the world right now. We got to get these dolphins out. They're being underfed. They're being mistreated. Like, screw everything else. This has got to get my attention. Exactly. And I really like... All right, so at the beginning, it looks like the deep is like this, like he's the number two guy, whatever. But then we really see he's like not shit. They just break him down, and he's he's a loser. Like in this scene, he's a total loser. It gets worse for him too as it goes on. Yes, yes. Like it's just <laughs> God, he sucks. I don't, it's I don't funny. Know. I mean, it's really it's really funny. I love it is, it. And, he, and he's getting kind of what he deserves for what he did to Starlight. If uh, we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he sounds like he's just such, I don't know, like he's such a dweeb talking to Mad- Madeline about this stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> you can tell he's like so convicted and he believes in it so much. And she's just like, okay, buddy, you go do whatever you want. Sure, yeah. Go, go, go save the dolphins. We'll, we'll be all right without you. A-Train asks Popclaw who she told about Compound V, as she was the only one who knew. Popclaw insists that she didn't tell anyone and expresses her anger about A-Train's speech post-race. If you'll remember it, we didn't mention it, but post-race he said he was single. He told the ladies, like, hey, come holler at your boy, whatever. Uh, His speech post-race where he indicated that he was single and available. Despite continued asking, Popclaw maintains that she didn't tell anyone. A-Train tells her to pack a bag so that they can leave for a while. So we see him kind of go through the spectrum here, try to get information. Like, he goes from, like, intimidating like tell me who you told and then he's like tries to like reason and then he's like oh i love you who mm-hmm. you tell come on and then it's like she doesn't give in though so she's yeah really afraid of this uh video surfacing on the internet right absolutely do we think that's 100 i mean I, it's got to be that and the fact that he kind of put her he scorned her yeah exactly yeah and and i want to mention a uh classic a train douchebag quote here okay his whole um, they asked him, so, so what are you going to do after this? You got a girl to go home to? And his line was, um, well, you know me. I'm always in the game. I'm just too fast to catch. 
but I'm, <laughs> and then I want to say like, but I'm always open ladies or something like that. <laughs> that was a perfect line delivery. I loved it. <laughs> From me or him? For you. You did great. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I learned from the best. You're the actor. Oh, you're too kind. By the way, humble plug for my man Caleb here. <laughs> thank you. Um, this next paragraph is really just a sentence. The female walks into a salon and straight murks some lady. That wasn't in the original synopsis that I had, but I had to put that in there because she just straight murks that bitch. Straight murked. That's it. Well, there's really nothing to nothing more to it. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know why they didn't put that in there. I mean, they talk about it later that they go to that salon. But, yeah, she, like, walks in, ignores everybody else, knows exactly who she's going to, and then, boom, done. Just goes ape. Just goes absolutely ape. Yeah. Starlight and Huey go bowling on their date. As they talk, Huey is unsettled with visions of killing Translucent. Feigning fandom, Huey asks what Translucent is like, which surprises Starlight. She says that he's a creep, but also mentions that he has a son, which unsettles Huey. And in my notes here, I have Huey is shit at being subtle. Like that, like she says it, she's like, that's a conversation turn. Like they were nowhere yeah. near that. And he just yeah. brings up. Well, Huey, Huey has always been shit at being subtle. Like he, he was face to face with a train in the last episode and he didn't go along with, like, it seemed pretty obvious that A-Train did not recognize him. Right. Had no idea who he was. But Huey still wanted to be like, don't you know me? Haven't we met? Right. And when Mother Mother's Milk is like, hey, buddy, let's relax. Let's leave. Like, come on. You're going to get, get us, us killed. killed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a not a whole lot of subtlety to that that wee Huey. No, he needs to, he needs to rein that shit in. Yeah. But we learn from this scene that he's got some obvious PTSD from... Uh, everything he's gone through in these i'm gonna say it's been a couple weeks in these past couple weeks maybe a month tops honestly it might just be a few days all right so yeah so it's a very small amount of time i can okay so they the episode started with them cleaning up translucent's uh or episode three started with them cleaning up translucent's remains mm -hmm. that happened like a couple days after robin died i want to say okay yeah so yeah not, i don't know maybe a week maybe a week yeah it's been a tumultuous week for this guy for sure. He's he's starting to kind of get used to it, though. He's settling in a little bit here and yeah. there. Homelander and Queen Maeve are able to kill all of the hijackers in the airplane and are applauded by the passengers. However, when they enter the cockpit, they find an additional hijacker has already killed the co-pilot. In the scuffle, confusion, and tight confines, the terrorist kills the pilot. Homelander kills the terrorist with his laser eyes and inadvertently destroys the plane controls. Knowing that neither of them know how to fly a plane, Maeve suggests Homelander use his flying ability to control the plane. However, Homelander rejects her suggestion as unfeasible. Maeve suggests Homelander flies each passenger down individually, but he says that will take too long. He's ready to abandon the rescue effort. Maeve begs that they take the children, but uh, it's just this one child, but refuses to leave witnesses. But uh, Homelander refuses to leave witnesses. Finally, he convinces Maeve to leave the plane with him, allowing all of the passengers to die. So that's that. This is a pretty big and telling scene that we got here. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's that's actually why it's one of my favorite scenes in season one. Mm -hmm. um, you you learn a lot. Um, you can you can go ahead and start it off, and, and I'll just kind of jump in. Okay, uh, I I just have a couple things written down. Um, I I have that they actually use physics. Um, when they're talking about why Homelander can't just like go under and, and stop the plane, he says it'll go like tits over ass or it'll crush. Like, it's just not, it's not possible. 
Um, I will say uh, this ties into a trivia effect. Homelander's descriptions of how Maeve's ideas for stopping the crash will fail are exactly what did happen when he tried them in the comic version of the crash in I Tell You No Lie, G.I. This is issue number 21. So he actually does try to stop uh, the plane in the comic, and everything he describes happens in the comic. So there you go. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I like that a lot because, like, obviously you would look at Superman and be like, yeah, he could just, like, leave the plane and just, like, carry it down to the ground. Like, sure. We've seen Superman do stuff like that so many times. It's he like does it in Superman one of his... Returns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, one of his, like, go-to moves. Carry some shit that's falling or flying to mm-hmm. the ground. Right. Um, and uh, so I really like this scene because, first of all, it shows another side, or another just example of how kind of shitty of a superhero Homelander actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, it, it kind of like ties in with something that I learned about the comics when the show originally came out and I was kind of like doing a little bit of research. Um, a big thing with the seven Maeve excluded because we've seen her training and things like that. Like we know she can fight and she's like smart. Like she probably could be the leader of that team, but the rest of them are untrained, uh, including Homelander. Like he's had minimal training. They don't really train for these scenarios. They just throw these guys in there. Um, publicize it and everything like that mm-hmm. and like hope for the best and typically they're able to like pull it off because they have the superpowers and things like that sure. but sometimes like this they're not and you can see like you can see that in him taking out that hijacker in the in the cockpit like he was very like i don't know he was just like haphazard with his laser in there right, right. Um, he, he laser lasers everything yeah yeah he didn't just do like a he could have done a quick little Right. Or something like that. Just take the guy out like with a bullet essentially from his eye. But he he like took his laser across the entire cockpit because right. he was like because he was kind of like freaking out in that moment. He was just like and like lasered the entire thing. Um, which decapitated so yeah, the terrorist, which was pretty cool to see. Right, right. And I also think it's interesting that when he lasers people, there's a lot of blood, and it's not just like like a lightsaber going through. Oh yeah, like carterized. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then I mean, it shows you that it shows you what's in, what's important to Homelander. It's not. It's obviously not the people. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit about the people. Right. Um, all he wants to do is spin this situation in whatever's way, in whatever way is best. And when everything goes to shit, they basically just have to bail. And he doesn't even attempt to save anybody because of it. Um, it's it's just interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down a like what can Maeve do at this point? She's got such a hard choice when she's like, cause she is probably one of, but her and maybe Starlight are the only two uh, soups that we've seen that actually have heart and care about the people. Um, where Maeve has kind of been disillusioned. She still kind of has that heart, but you got to think that she started off as like where Starlight is right now. And she, over the years, she's just been kind of like jaded by everything that they have to do and everything they've done. Um, but you really see this choice. Like, she really wants to save this l- little girl, um, and it, it just can't happen. You also, but she can't, she can't fly, exactly. so it's not really up to her. Yeah, and so she has to um, go with whatever Homelander says, or, or she's going to die, too. He even says that. He says, don't die with them. Don't die with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. As the plane is, like, coming down, you also see one person jump out of the door, which I thought was interesting. And I wanted to pose this question to you. What do you think would be worse jumping out of the plane or just dying when it crashes? Cause you're going to die either way. I'm staying in the plane. Yeah. I'm absolutely staying in the plane. There's no, okay. So you're either in an object that's enclosed around you 
falling to your death from mm-hmm. thousands of feet in the air, mm-hmm. or you're just free falling by yourself waiting for the ground to come up and meet you. Right. I think I'm staying in the plane. Like I'm going to burn before I just like become like a, a meat pancake. Yeah, I agree with you. I would also just stay in the plane. But I thought it was interesting and, that we saw that guy jump out. Yeah, and I wanted <laughs> that that brings up another thing that I I noticed during that scene, which is that when uh, Homelander and Maeve fly out of the plane and like dip out, leave everybody, a bunch of people run to that open door and like look out. Yeah. Wouldn't they all just instantly be sucked the hell out of the plane? <sighs> um yeah. I feel like I saw a Mythbusters episode that said something about that's not really how it works when you open a plane door, but I could be wrong. Because when they opened the first door, one of the terrorists instantly yeah, flew out. Yeah, he was sucked out. But maybe now that there's more than one door open, maybe. it balances well, it out? You gotta think, I don't know. The cabin is pressurized in a plane, so I think you right. would get sucked out initially when the so door they, is open. they broke the... Yeah. Gotcha. Once you break yeah, the, the seal, pressure was already more pressure. Yeah. That makes sense. We solved I think it. we figured it out. We are yep. scientists. Yeah, a lot of physics going on in this uh, in this episode for us to uh, decrypt. <laughs> exactly. All right, so the boys arrive at a crime scene where the female has killed everyone. This is that uh, same salon. So I guess she, she walked past everybody to kill the one lady, and then I guess she just rage killed everybody else. She's just like, fuck it, you all die. As she does. Yes. A-Train is at the scene, and the boys leave. Mother's Milk worries that A-Train could have recognized him, given that they met the, pre- oh, the, they met the previous week. There, there goes our timeline. Um, okay. They worry that A-Train will find the female first, considering his speed. Frenchie, however, realizes that the female is trying to get home, having found evidence of a subway schedule. Um, so, yeah, so it's been a week. We, he, they did the, and I think the Popclaw uh, hacking thing was only a couple days after Huey like, meets Billy. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're okay. in like a two-week uh, time frame here. Week and a half-ish, two weeks. Yeah. In my notes here, I have they didn't replace that nail polish in over a year because we learned that the female's been captive for like a year, but that nail po- polish that Frenchie had fits right there like it was missing like a puzzle and i'm like they didn't Mm -hmm. want to get a new color in over a year yeah it's interesting that Um, was my only plot hole plot hole yep there it is um also uh we see mother's milk talking in tagalog to um the salon people so we know he he's kind of uh multilingual we don't know how many languages but at least two this Um, yeah i mean this guy's this guy's got some sort of I forget if we like learn more about him, but I'm thinking he's got some sort of background like like butchers. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking the boys were all on the same CIA black ops team, so I think they were all CIA or like, or like liaised in type type deal. I don't really know if I see uh, Frenchie being part of that. Well, that's that's where the liaised part came in because I couldn't see him being CIA Fair. either, but he could have been like uh, an asset or or, or something, um, informant or something. Yeah, hopefully we'll find out more. But we also when he was talking to them. Um, Billy was talking about something and um, one of the cops comes in and says oh it's just a heroin deal gone bad and he's like who told you that and we see that's where we see a train he's he's coming so he's already got he's like clean playing cleanup already he's like oh this is just a heroin deal I'm the superhero yep. trust me yep all right so mother's milk reveals that his friend that is a postman and had his friend is a postman and has tracked where compound V came from. They arrive at the subway splitting up in an attempt to find the female. Eventually Frenchie finds the female watching TV hidden in the back of an electronics store. The female is initially weary of Frenchie, but he is trying to convince her to trust him. 
A scare from the TV causes her to bolt. And I, in my notes, I just have another good Frenchie monologue here. Like that actor, they give him all those like meaty monologues and he just killed, he's killed them all so far in, in my opinion. I don't know. The, yeah, the dude's a storyteller for yeah. sure. And yeah. And you, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it was, it's good to watch. Like he's, ah, he's a good actor. That's, that's all I, I that's all I can say. Yeah. That's, that's one of his character's superpowers. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. I think officially storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there anything important that happened here? No, I don't think so. He just realized mm, that she's really. probably in that store because um, that same K-pop uh, video was right. playing. Right. And actually, I you know I was I just assumed that it was K-pop, but my subtitle said Japanese music. Oh well, J-pop. My bad. Yeah, I guess so. K-pop is very big right now. I think that's why I just initially jumped to that. That's, I mean, that was my first assumption, too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. On their date, Starlight reveals her dating history. The two, this is Huey and Starlight, obviously, the two reminisce on their high school relationships, and Starlight jokingly asks Huey if he is bothered with Starlight's abilities. Excuse me. Huey begins having visions of Robin, his dead girlfriend. While Starlight is in the restroom, Huey takes the opportunity to hack her phone. So, yeah, we have that moment with Huey and Starlight where... Um, he he looks like he's slipping up, which he kind of is, but he recovers nicely, saying that um, she's supposed to be this superhero and she's been bowling for years, but she's shit. And he's like, "Stop holding back!" And we see her get a strike, like a booming strike. Um, yeah. Which also, so I feel like every superhero, on top of their power that they their like special power, also has some kind of like maybe not super super strength, but some kind of like super strength or durability type deal. Cause they're all pretty strong. Like they can take pretty big hits. They can mm-hmm. throw these, um, what do you call it? These bowling balls pretty hard. So, I mean, we see a train throw the female through a wall right. in the next scene, yeah. like a brick wall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think most of these guys, um, I don't, I'm not so sure about translucent having like super strength. I never really saw him do anything crazy, mm-hmm. but, but the rest of them, I mean, I think for the most part, a lot of these heroes, they or a lot of these soups, they have like super strength, super like endurance, super durability, yeah. uh, like reflexes and things like that. Like I'm sure they're all like packed packed up with those things. Yeah. Um. So, the Robin thing. I mean, that's interesting. We see Robin because Huey's probably feeling a little. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Guilty that he's kind of moved on so fast because he's probably catching feelings for Annie. Is that, is that how you interpreted that? I think again, that's half of it. Ah, what's the other half? I think, I think the other half is that during his date with Annie, he started to kind of forget what his mission was a little bit. Mm. He sees a vision of her while starlight's not in the room with him anymore. Mm. And I think it's just a little bit of a reminder that leads him to go ahead and put that bug in her phone. That's good. I'll buy it. I like it. I'll sell it. I'll How sell much? it all day. How much? Um, it's. I'm gonna sell it for the same net worth uh, that Pornhub has, like we talked about in the last episode. Okay. Whatever that is, that's what I'm selling this for. Okay, I'll Venmo you. Okay, sounds good. I will. I'll charge you. Okay, cool. At the subway, MM, Frenchie, and Billy search for the female. Mother's Milk questions what happened with Lamplighter and Mallory. So we get more Mallory stuff here. Angrily and more Lamplighter stuff. Yes, yes, which we were talking about in episode one um, Mm -hmm. that we wanted to know more. Angrily retorting that Frenchie didn't follow orders and now people are dead, Butcher tells a story of the music group The Spice Girls as an analogy to illustrate that the boys are more successful as a team than they are individually. So 
Yeah, so we, we learned he said Mallory's grandkids, right? Am I am I Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, okay. So we learned that Frenchie didn't follow some kind of order and Mallory's grandkids died in the process. Which this gets brought up because he's supposed to gas the female, but he's he's trying to talk to her. He's trying to reason to her. Which is the second time in the episode that he refused to follow orders. Like, he let her out in the first place. Right. Um, which wasn't their mission. They weren't on a rescue mission. They were just there to get the V. So, yeah. So, right. that's kind of the resentment that Mother's Milk has. That's why uh, when he joined the team, he didn't want to work with Frenchie because he doesn't trust him. He he thinks mm-hmm. that he's dangerous because he doesn't follow orders. And he's already seen this um, kill people in the past. Right. 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 Um, we've got, we've got a good Spice Girls reference here where Butcher's like, okay, where's, uh, where's Sporty Spice? What's she up to these days? And right. they're like, I don't fucking know. Where's Posh? What's she up to? She's selling like clothes to anorexic girls or something. Right. And he's like, what's the point I'm not following? It's basically, we can't do this unless we're together. <laughs> exactly. I like how like Mother's Milk was already like halfway gone. And that question caught him so off guard that he had to walk all the way back to Butcher to say, what the fuck are you talking about? Maybe maybe there's some background there. Maybe there's something about Mother's Milk and his love for the Spice Girls or something like that that Butcher was just playing on there. That's what it is. That's my headcanon now. That's got to be it. And also, this leads into maybe the best uh, transition music of this entire series for mm-hmm. the next scene. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the Deep uh, rescues a dolphin from Oceanland and has a man-dolphin conversation with it while he's driving that turns sexual. He is soon roadblo- roadblocked by police, causing the dolphin to be ejected through the windshield, landing in the road, and run over by a truck. My note just says, fuck. <laughs> That's a great synopsis. I don't even know if we have to say more than that. We- I'm kidding. <laughs> But this is this is the scene that starts off with a Spice Girls song. You right. notice that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Is it, um, is it? If you want to be my lover, I thought that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just an awesome. I don't even know if I really picked up on. Maybe I wasn't paying attention the first time when the show first released. Mm-hmm. But like, I like audibly laughed out loud when I heard the song start playing right after, <laughs> right after uh, Butcher was talking about it. Especially since I knew what scene was coming up to right. like go along with it. Oh yeah. And the deep, like, I know he's on his whole virtue kick thing right now, but he seems like he's like coked out, like he's on drugs or something. Like the way he's like driving and the way he like looks and he's talking, I feel like he's on drugs of some sort. I mean, maybe he's on compound B. Oh, it could be, could be. That's the that's could the be. that's what gave. Oh wow. Hmm. hmm. Maybe that. <laughs> maybe that's what gave him the edge that he needed to be able to break into Oceanland and save one singular dolphin. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's probably what it is. He's so pathetic he can't even save more than one dolphin. I like right. he, he has a little spray bottle that he just like spritzes it with. Yeah. Um and uh and the dolphin is like dirty talking him in the back of the car. Dolphin horny, Michael. Yeah. Um and I wanna say I wanna say he even mentions like, yeah, I'll play with your blowhole after yeah, or something. Yeah, he says I'll stick with a finger in the blowhole or something. Yeah, he <laughs> like jesus and the dolphin's like eh! is real happy about that shit <laughs> so what's funny is that i was watching it with subtitles like i said mm-hmm. and all it said when the dolphin started making that noise after he said that was laughter <laughs> <laughs> the dolphin was just like elated 
Yay! Oh, that's <laughs> I like to think um, that the dolphin was I, laughing I really... because he's like, "Oh, I got this motherfucker to uh, stick his finger in my blowholes now." So he just thought that was funny. Yeah, and I I really liked how um, when the cop car showed up and he was like, "I promised you, like I made you a promise, like I'm gonna save you." Right. And then like immediately he just slams on the brakes and the dolphin flies out. Right. You gotta think if he would have <laughs> like, just kept driving the gap. They didn't even make that big, like, they didn't make that big of a, ro- a good of a roadblock. There was still a gap there. The truck would have just kind of pushed those cars out of the way, right? I think so, too. I think so, too. Like, the 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 break that he took, like, him slamming on the brakes as hard as he did. Yeah. It was like, what is this guy doing? Like, this guy is so incompetent in every way. Yeah. Like, he can't a, do anything. Such a useless piece of shit. Jesus. He can't do anything except find boxes at the bottom of the ocean. Well, he didn't even find it. The dolphin found it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just as Butcher and the boys find the female, she is caught by A-Train. The two fight until A-Train gets the upper hand. Butcher is ready to walk away, but Frenchie alerts the crowd to the previously unseen A-Train, causing a fan mob. To prevent a media disaster, A-Train stops the beating, and the female is able to escape. Billy then gasses the female, knocking her and Frenchie out. A-Train is beating the shit out of her. like He's like fucking speed slamming her head against the wall yeah i was just about to point that out like he is going like he's going full throttle on her like he doesn't even care right um she was she was someone that was gonna potentially out him Mm -hmm. um and he was not gonna take any chances he threw her ass through that brick wall like it was nothing yeah she ate it she ate everything that he he threw her away oh yeah but that like speed bounce off the wall with her head that's like a next level like speedster move right that that move was actually pretty cool. I enjoyed that. I was like, wow, that I want to see the Flash do that, which I'm sure he's probably done it at some point. But the Flash would just like phase her through the wall and leave her in it. Ah, that's a good Flash. Would I wonder if that the would Flash cut her would, in half though? It probably yeah, probably yeah. Okay. Wow. The Flash would just run back in time and kill her as a baby. <laughs> the Flash has so many options. The Flash wouldn't do any of that. No, he's a hero. That's why he's. That's why he's not A-Train. Yeah, he's a real hero. He's not a douchebag. He's just A-Train, you'll never be the Flash. Never. Never, ever. You'll never be the Flash, buddy. Um, but before uh, Billy gasses the female, um, Frenchie again tries to talk to her, and she's about she like jumps on him, and then that's when Billy uh, gives her the gas, right? Yeah, yeah. We're making like a minuscule amount of progress with this female. Right. But only with Frenchie... And it doesn't stick. No, not at all. And in our last little scene here, on the beach where the plane wreckage is washing ashore, Queen Maeve grieves over the lives they could not save. Homelander gives a speech to the news crews about how the passengers didn't have to die. The seven arrived after the plane went down because they are not in the military chain of command. Stillwell watches as Homelander demands that they be allowed in the military. And as she's watching that, you see that little smirk that she gets. She's like, ah, oh, this motherfucker, he, he found a way to turn this failure into, like, for us. Like, it's it's helping us out now. Yep, yep. And that, I mean, that goes back to what he said whenever she handed him those papers. And he was like, I don't need these. I can sell this shit myself. Right. Like, it doesn't even matter. He'll find a way because he is that, like, diabolical. Right. As Butcher would say. Yeah, and that fucking diabolical. There we go. Thank you. And uh, that's uh, that's his superpower, uh, the power of the silver tongue. Butchers, or no homelanders, both of them. I think yeah, I love I think, every word I that actually, Butcher I says. Think, I think um, 
Butcher's tongue is more of a rusty tongue. Yeah. Like he's got. Yeah, I can see that. My favorite line: uh, "Well, well, well, if it isn't the invisible cunt." That's that's a great line. Yeah. I didn't get to mention that. Every but. every single thing that he says is amazing. It is. I don't I, know where this guy is. I don't know how he's pulling all this out of his ass, but it's all gold. It is. It's fucking cherry. Fucking cherry. Um, but yeah, so they're watching this and Queen Maeve is obviously a lot more distraught than, um, Homelander is. You can see her legitimate, um, distress, whereas you can kind of tell us as the viewer, obviously not the people, but us as the viewer can see that Homelander is, is faking it essentially and just kind of doing it for the cameras. Um, Of course, of course. But my last little trivia fact here was the speech that Homelander gives about, uh, at the end is reminiscent of the 9-11 speech that George W. Bush gave. Yeah. Kind of similar language in used in both. That's for my opinion. Yeah. Oh, it, it is? <laughs> is it really? Yeah. That's interesting. I, I was thinking, like, did, did you just make that up? No, no, no. <laughs> like, that's for my MDB. Okay. Gotcha. Well, nice. Um, but yeah, we've got like little dolls washing up on shore and stuff that Maeve's looking at. Right. She's, I like, I mean, obviously I like to think that that little doll was that main girl that she was trying to save. I think it was. I think Um, you see her holding it in the plane. Well, there you have it. (laughs) I spoke it into reality. (laughs) You did. Your head cannon just became actual cannon. That's crazy. That's my superpower. Oh, that's a, that's a sick superpower. Can you do something about the cursed child? Uh, I'm going to work on Game of Thrones Season 8 first. Oh, okay. Understandable, understandable. Yep. <laughs> Did you have any uh, last remarks or thoughts about this episode? Um, nothing other than the fact that this one was obviously a lot more action-packed than the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one was all about kind of moving the plot forward with little things here and there. This one was about a lot of shit kind of hitting the fan in sure. a few different ways. Um, obviously also moving the plot along. But we got a new ally for the boys. We got the female. We got a soup on their side now. Well, well we hope she's an almost. ally. Well, we hope so. We don't know, but we at least know that Frenchie has a good chance to turn her. <laughs> just you just gotta tell her a story. She'll she'll um, she'll, she'll turn. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm happy for the action. Um, ready to see what episode five has in store. Same man, same man. So Clay and I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you check out episode six the what is episode six called or episode no episode five god you just said that i just episode five I just good said for that, the soul man. we're gonna we're gonna release that next friday we're gonna go on a friday um schedule for the rest of these episodes so that we can line it up to the last episode we'll release the friday that the boys premieres so we thank you for listening to us. We hope you come back. We hope you follow us on Instagram at masters.cultureverse. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Big addition, I can go.